0: Hello, I'm here with Doug to talk about Apple collaborating with the NSA and other things. And the first thing is that one I just mentioned, iPhone triangulation. A bleeping Computer has an article, along with many other people, based on Kaspersky research. Now, this is why I always used to tell everybody when they asked me what antivirus to use, I told them to use Kaspersky because they're technically the best. And in fact, it's been shown that most of the others just steal their, de- their virus definitions from Kaspersky. But of course, now that we're basically at war with Russia, it's a bad idea to put Russian <laughs> software on your machine, especially high-privileged software like antivirus. So, The political problem is there, but technically they're very good at this. And one of the things Kaspersky does frequently is catch the NSA in the act of hacking everybody, because from their point of view, the NSA is a major adversary. Although they call them the equation group, to put a thin layer of uh, not admitting it on here. So anyway, um, that said, uh, this is a spyware campaign. And now it occurs to me, I'm not 100% sure it's Kaspersky that caught him, but I think it is. But the point of this one is this looks very much like Stuxnet. Four zero days um, working together to hack iPhones with a zero click exploit. So it just takes over your phone without you doing anything, which is, of course, the most valuable malware in the world. These things sell for more than a million dollars in the open market. And in particular, so it's got a, vulner- a font vulnerability, an integer overflow, a Safari vulnerability and a, a vulnerability using hardware registers, and the one of these in particular caught their attention because it uses undocumented internal Apple features, which do not seem to be easy to discover from the outside, and strongly suggest that Apple cooperated with them uh, by handing over internal secrets of their products so they can hack in, and that would be very surprising because Apple has shown themselves to be completely resistant to cooperating with the government for hacking they wouldn't even let the FBI into a dead terrorist's phone right it's it's they they can't prove of course that Apple colluded if Apple didn't collude then the NSA has really excelled their ability to dig up really complicated difficult things and so you know this is why uh, the main th- it's interesting to see it doesn't prove that it came from the NSA or prove that Apple colluded with them, although that's probably uh, the first part of that is probably very strongly argued for. It just reminds me of something that I, I have gotten grown used to. When students come to me and claim that their phone has been hacked and they didn't do anything wrong and they followed all security procedures, I no longer tell them they're crazy because that is possible. Ever since Pegasus, if if somebody really rich or powerful wants to hack you, they can totally hack you. Yeah, and and, uh, it's it's not it's becoming more and more common to hear about these things. So anyway, it's a thing to know about. These are targeted attacks. This is not the kind of malware that's going to infect millions of people because this is too expensive. But if you have become significant politically, so high high high
1: vulnerability targets.
0: Yeah, and this is why Apple keeps adding more features and more security features to turn on your phone. They added another one just a, a week or two ago if you're a high security target you can turn on special high security modes on your iphone intended to help stop these things and uh, that's probably a good idea
1: yeah no i would agree so kind of related to this sam there's mm-hmm. been a rumor that's been around for quite a long time that your phone is listening to you and and uh Interpret or will uh, guide your internet browsing or search history if you're looking for products or spontaneously yeah. suggest products to you.
0: Yeah, and we talked now, about that exposure a few weeks ago of some company actually coming out openly claiming they could do that.
1: Yeah. So w- where do you think we stand with that? O- obviously, that's not. I don't believe that that's Microsoft or Apple.
0: Specifically. No, that's why or, I immediately rebelled when I said that. However, it could be easily be the apps. The apps could, in principle, be doing that. yes. Yeah. And um, and in a way, this company advertised it, and then when it hit, they made a scandal. They sort of hid the pages, but it's not clear. Probably, it does happen to some extent. I remember there was the um, the pizza shop. Uh, one of the one of the Caesar's pizza, one of the pizza shops, it closes on Sunday because they're Christian, and they decided just as an advertising sign, hey, let's find out where everybody goes out to eat on Sunday our normal customers. So they just published a map of like where all thousands of their customers go on Sunday, just naive without thinking, you know, maybe everybody didn't know that we could track everything they do if they have our app. Yeah. We'll just put yeah. that right here. So they totally can track everything you're doing if you put on their app. That's why, you know, Carrie Swisher will not put TikTok on her main phone. She has a burner phone just for it. And she's yeah. not wrong about that. I mean, every app you put on your phone basically gives that company access to a whole lot of information about you. Yeah. yeah. And this is a question I've been asking for years. Remember, um, I said, why do you need an app for every company? Why don't you just have a web page for every company and just a browser on your phone? What is this? And this is why. So they can track everything you do. Right. That's the best day. That's a that's pretty yeah. gruesome. I mean, we yeah. really should just the privacy advocate should just say, Don't have an app at all. Just have a web page. I'll just have a safari favorite. That's all you need. Why do you need an app? Yeah, you're right it's the trackability
1: and it's also convenience for the user to a certain degree if you will well
0: yeah you can add but you could put those features on my web page features yeah, like you, buying and paying and stuff you,
1: you could and then you'd have to have shortcuts on the on your phone to web pages well it's your, not your
0: browser could just have a favorite page instead yeah, of having yeah. apps <laughs> yeah it yeah. would use less memory and everything anyway yeah. um there's another one i saw here that was pretty surprising. Another one of these things we've been rumored for years. Um, apparently in Vietnam, people are actually putting webcams in bedrooms, bathrooms, changing rooms, and massage parlors. And now they're putting them up with default passwords and they're getting hacked and people are now selling the footage and access to those cameras. So this has been uh, another one of those endless rumors is that somebody can see what your camera is putting out. But i think most my impression is most people in america don't put cameras in sensitive places like that although they do of course put it watching over their kids that's one of the main uses anyway um so it's not a technical hack they say but they're they're selling them access to these cameras and people have verified that they're real so uh apparently in vietnam people put them in more sensitive places more often i don't know why perhaps there's some crime problem they have there that they're worried about i'm not sure
1: so, I I remember hearing a few years ago that can't remember if it was North Korea, South Korea, that they were finding cameras in hotel rooms.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember place. that. Also, also um, Airbnb people. Our, air, yeah. And, that's, yeah. and that's, that's entirely believable. They want to see if you're doing something like having a big party or setting fire to the place or something.
1: Yeah, but the Korean one was to capture footage in a bedroom or a bathroom. And, and then, that profit.
0: Seems yeah. like that would only be for blackmail.
1: What, or for profiting.
0: I guess just selling it to perverts that want to watch it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, I, maybe that's what's happening yeah. here. Maybe these yeah. people are like uh, uh, revenge porn OnlyFans kind of playful. Yeah. <laughs> I I guess maybe they put it in deliberately and then sell access to it. But at least it's in people's homes, apparently, not in like rental properties. That's why one thing I've, I've heard is people have a special app on their phone to scan for like a... a lens pointed at you so you can check out your airbnb and find out if people are spying on you before you use it that would seem like a the most likely risk for americans is that yeah but how would you do that
1: well they claim to have apps
0: that can somehow spot shiny bits that look like lenses and i don't know if it's true they're also looking on the wi-fi network and things like that i guess you could scan your wi-fi network with nmap and see if you can find a webcam that kind of thing yeah
1: you could do an nmap scan but if it's uh hardwired that's right yeah yeah so you're mind? right you'd have you'd have to have a bright light source and look for a shiny lens reflection
0: yeah and I think that's more or less what these there's an app that claims to do that but I don't know how accurate it is but certainly I think that's the main yeah. privacy risk I mean I would hope anybody um, knows not to put cameras in sensitive parts of their ho- home and at least to put some kind of reasonable security on it like like a non-default password and perhaps limit the accessibility to the internet. <laughs>
1: right yeah
0: that would make sense yeah but but most people don't that's why I mean I'm I'm now studying operational technology security and it really is horrible all the uh, current industry protocols the main ones are modbus and Dnp3 and they're unencrypted they have no authentication at all because they date from like the 70s and the 90s and so all automation, all, all heavy equipment automation is completely vulnerable and you have to protect it with a device on the outside, like a VPN concentrator, which is, but of course, many people don't.
1: Right. I, I've worked with Modbus in the past and you're right. I've seen passwords that are hard coded into firmware that cannot be changed.
0: Well, I'm the Modbus I'm looking at doesn't even have the capacity for a password at all. Just physical yeah. access is all you need. Remember, that's the way Cisco routers used to be. They had the aux port, which you would connect right to the right. phone switch, and there'd be a PBX, just a number, which gives you access to the router, no password or anything. That the knowledge of that number was considered sufficient authorization. Yeah. <laughs> the way things yeah. were in like the 70s and 80s. But uh and the problem with infrastructure, durable infrastructure is you're still using stuff from decades old.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's still working. And as Caitlin brought up a while back that the Navy put up a satellite and they forgot to put an off switch with it.
0: Well, of course, because back then it was the same thing. Nobody figured they would have access to the radio towers to reach the satellite unless it's us. So we don't need any more security. Right. And who's using it now? Now you can rent satellite base stations from Amazon, just like virtual machines. Anybody can just easily get access to satellite radio yeah incredible huh well this is why you have to this is why you have to do future proofing your network you know you have to think about not only the current situation but what about 10 years or 20 years from now and most people only think about like the next quarter you know right right yeah so do you have another story no let's go back to you with the event
1: Uh, all right so i have one that i just picked up on and zuckerberg is spending a hundred million dollars on one of the Hawaiian islands to build a 5,000-square-foot uh, survival shelter.
0: Oh, with I didn't know proof Zuck was oh, Zuck, Yeah. I thought it was sort of the paranoid lunatics. Well, go ahead.
1: Well, is Zuckerberg one of them?
0: Apparently. <laughs> okay. Survivalists. You know, they called these guys survivalists when I was a kid. They yeah, would have like a yeah. drum full of wheat and a hole in the ground with a cement slab on top.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. We're in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my wife lived in the East Bay out towards Walnut Creek, Pleasant Hill, in that direction. And it's surprising to find that a number of homes out there, including one she lived in for a while, had a bomb shelter. So, you know, that, that's remnant back from the 50s. But in the Bay Area, there were a lot of the homes that had those, that people installed those.
0: Boy, you know, I wonder if that applies to modern nuclear war. I mean, I'm thinking of duck and cover in the 50s. If you had a bomb shelter you could hide in for like a week, would that actually do you any good? I I I don't know. I don't think so. I guess maybe if you were like in one of the suburbs in San Francisco got nuked, that might give you enough time to like survive all the fallout settles or something. There's, They did recommend it at various times when planning for nuclear war, like in the Reagan years, I think came back in the 80s.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't think it was like in the fifties. Yeah.
0: But, but I think there, now the survivalists yeah. in my hometown plan not so much for nuclear war, but for just the end of society where roving meds of of bands of people will be attacking you to steal everything because uh the government has collapsed and there's famine and stuff. And I think there's a whole lot of that coming back. I think there's a big survivalist movement connected to the alt right now.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. We're back on gold. Make sure that you bury gold throughout your, your yard.
0: Make yeah, I think those map. are people who just expect yeah. there to be another civil war over top, yeah. which is uh, not completely crazy. I'd say that makes as much sense as expecting a nuclear war under Reagan. Both of these are are in are less than 10%, but uh, but not zero. Yeah. Well,
1: what I think is interesting about Zuckerberg's place is he has a bomb-proof door, but he has an escape hatch.
0: So, yeah well you need one That's well part. yeah but you, then hopefully well, it's secured yeah, hopefully it's secured
1: but here you have a bomb proof door but nobody's going to bomb through the escape hatch
0: and yeah. come in through the back door well you plan for this i've seen it in the movies you know i read a story about a couple of years ago about a guy who was a uh, consultant consultant's Yeah, They called him in to go to some special meeting with the billionaires, and they wanted advice on how to build their island and such. And one of the questions they asked is, well, we're going to have to have an island. We're going to have to have like a bunch of armed guards protecting us. But how do we know our armed guards won't turn against us? And he said, you know, you guys would be better off rather than planning to survive the disaster you're creating to actually start treating your workers better to avoid that disaster. (laughs) And they didn't want to hear that. This reminds me of when they hired me to be the AI consultant. I said, you know, my advice is don't use AI for this job. And they're like, no, no, no. We don't want to hear that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, so, I don't know. So Zuckerberg and from what I understand, other billionaires and oh. people that are in that range of uh, wealth
0: oh, are and planning. And again, yeah. I'm here in California. They're buying yeah. land plan in California yeah. to make like the uh, the hideaway survivalist utopia yeah, up in the gold country, right between the
1: Bay Area, roughly, or in the Sierra Nevada hills, yeah. the foothills. Yeah. So they're they're calling it the event. So what yeah. the event is is not clear, but it's referred to as the event.
0: Well, well, you know, I remember. Uh, you could So argue. we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you if you're rich enough, you you worry about these things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if your prophecy, if you call it the event, when yeah. the event occurs, then you can label it that that's the event.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I read an article years ago that, uh, because of Steve Gibson's podcast, somebody advertised our backup solution guarantees 15 nines of reliability and i'm like 15 nines that's insane so i looked up what is the probability of our civilization being destroyed in the next 100 years and that's like regarded to be 0.1 percent i said there shut up nobody could have more than three nines of reliability for anything at all <laughs> and that's what they're thinking of course they they expect to be the, the one lucky group that's so rich they survived this catastrophe i wonder if historical analogies would help you here like you think about pompeii i don't think the rich people escaped i wonder no i think the no, only they thing couldn't. people get to escape is something that comes on kind of slowly like a storm or a war where you can tell when it's time to flee hide, hide your jewels in your dress and run across the border yeah but you, you can't necessarily
1: always escape with your wealth
0: <laughs> that's true but i guess yeah, I, I guess you could make a risk analysis and say there's a possibility yeah. you could escape to your hideaway. And if you've watched Dr. Strangelove enough times, this will make sense to you. But I think the rest of us think this is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Here's the real question, though. So let's say the event occurs. Yeah. And, you know, Zuckerberg is going to have what? Let's say six months food supply. Then what? What if, it, what, if it, what if his solar panels breaks
0: and he can't have clean water anymore? Well, well, realistically, just like any disaster planning, you plan for a certain duration of disaster. Like you have backup power at the hospital for like two days. But if it's right. longer than that, you'll actually won't make it without help from the outside. And it'd be the same thing here. You have to assume it's not like an asteroid ending all life on the planet. It's something like a, a bomb that hits. And then after some time, there will be civilization again. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. The question is, what what is that duration, or what is that? Right. Time, right. I mean, I think if you're yeah. if you're
0: going to have like an extinction event that will make the planet uninhabitable for a hundred years, then probably there's nothing you can do about that. Exactly. But you can plan for less terrible things, like a political upheaval, where there's a period of civil unrest and then things calm down again. Yeah we'll see so i'll see you at the event sam yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully none of that will happen that's what i'm betting on <laughs> yeah although you, you I, know. Do, I do i do often think about fleeing the country if we turn into a dictatorship um but that's i would just move to another country i don't need a, like a bomb shelter or anything i think yeah. if america turns into a fascist dictatorship then i could go to canada or new zealand or something and i'd probably go okay
1: well, I don't, I don't know if you remember, you were in the Bay Area about 10 years ago. In 2011, there was a guy, um, Harold Camping, who happened to run a radio station called Family Radio, Christian radio station out of Oakland. And Harold predicted and went so far as to guarantee or say that the Bible guarantees that it was the end of the world and, um, or it was the second coming of Christ on May 21st 2011 oh, if i remember correctly so harold spent over 600 million dollars to put up billboards over almost just just over a half a billion dollars and the best one was there was one right as you're leaving san francisco headed to oakland on the bay bridge as you one of the last billboards that you saw on the other side of the freeway was for the day after. It was the end of the year. Uh, end of the world party was going to occur in Oakland on the following day. Oh. So here we had the end of the world along with the end of the world party. Guess which yeah. one survived or which one occurred? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's great. Yeah, would yeah. have been a fun party, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, you know the Seventh Day Adventists, I think, have been predicting the end of the world like every two years forever, and nobody ever cares.
1: Well, if if I remember, this is just one of many. But there were the Millerites, I believe, in New York. Yeah, is that, a ton of
0: yeah, yeah. And you know what's what? interesting? There's a psychological rule here. When you predict the end of the world and it doesn't happen, your cultures get stronger. Which is just like Trump. I mean, every time he does something horrible, like uh, get caught bragging about assaulting women, people say this is the end of him. No, it makes him stronger. And now that they're throwing him off the ballot in Maine and Colorado, that just makes him stronger you know it's yeah there's something yeah. about psychology where uh it, interesting
1: so you... yeah interesting human psychology
0: going yeah. on there yeah some yeah. kind of public humiliation because i think the people that have already uh paid something to show that they're in your group now have to double down on that that's the easier move than admitting they were wrong yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But anyway, all I right got a, i got, a you couple got another more. story for us I, I do have a couple more so there's one okay. from politico um so, which is really pretty interesting. I've heard a lot about North Korea's hacking cryptocurrency, but they're taking it a lot more seriously. And then Neuberger, the uh, government, the head of CISA, I think, is talking about how the Biden administration's had it with this. North Korea is funding their military through stealing cryptocurrency, and they're beginning to fight back by hacking the cryptocurrency exchanges and shutting them down and shutting down the mixers. And they've managed to intercept some of the money. But it really is impressive. You know, North Korea is... Um, very powerful cyber adversary and they say they have now performed many supply chain attacks just like what the russians did with um solar winds they the north korea has compromised the supply chain of products of companies to poison their products and the thing they probably could do anything they wanted to anybody but the only thing they want to do is steal cryptocurrency and that's what has saved us uh, they're inside a lot of companies but they're not interested in taking down our critical national infrastructure they just want to steal crypto right now which is so shooting fish in a barrel yeah so it, it's a money issue right now right right they're funding their government primarily with stolen money have more than half of their entire military budget comes from stolen cryptocurrency they've done all the really big hacks that steal like hundreds of millions of dollars and the U.S. government regards it as a major national security issue to try to choke off that money. And so they're beginning to shut down the crypto mixers and exchanges and penetrate them from the U.S. side to try to stop that. I see. This is why, um, remember, uh, I think it was Elizabeth Warren and a few others, uh, highly high in the administration, are saying we really should get rid of cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is enabling terrorism and corrupting the world. And this is uh, a strong argument on that side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The real banks have money in electronic form, but they secure it better. Crypto exchanges are typically put up by, you know, crazy tech bros that just make some garbage software. is isn't secure at all. And then they got hundreds of millions of dollars in there that people can just steal. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's interesting to see how far the North Koreans have come.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Well, that was also going on with Russia and Ukraine, right?
0: Cryptocurrency. I think to some extent, yeah well, i think there yeah. they actually uh, the russians actually attack infrastructure as part of a military action there so that's more yeah. like a classic uh, cyber threat we've been worried about yeah yeah anyway and then the last one just to to cheer up your holiday amazon's going to put ads in their videos now and apparently all five major streaming platforms now inject ads into videos even when you paid for the service so oh, uh, really yeah i've noticed my my life is now all full of ads again youtube put ads in and you can't get rid of them and Amazon puts you. Adding, now the Amazon ads, at least you'll be able to get rid of them if you're an Amazon Prime member by paying an extra three dollars a month. And I might do that. I don't know. Of course, another way to look at it just encourages me not to watch any videos and do more work. But anyway, so you're you're paying for Prime. Yeah, and you get the ads,
1: so you have to pay Prime Plus to That's have right. the ads removed. That's right.
0: So you, let's see, Netflix has gone to the same model right? Everybody, all five of the top streams have now all gone to the same model. So I think what's going on is just sort of bell tightening. This is what uh, Corey Doctorow calls the unshidification of the internet. All the services that used to be good, like Google. Google used to be great. Now the whole first page is all ads pretty much. And uh, every service is going through this sort of inevitable decline where they get greedier and greedier and lower the quality of the service more and more. And... uh, yeah well that's youtube and youtube plus right yeah i guess i could be paying for i'm not paying for youtube i don't want to i'm not paying for any of these streaming. you only have prime yeah
1: well it, it's been the war of the online streaming service yep. and and what do you have paramount plus with with right.
0: um with and uh, peacock good, and hulu and uh people say Disney plus is the best deal i don't know i don't have it if you have I, computer, I don't know about Legion. that yeah, yeah. But there are a bunch yeah. of these, so I, I think a lot of people pay for a bunch of different streaming services.
1: Yeah, I, I think
0: what we're at
1: is these companies trying to make a profit while they're losing money. So yeah. the only way they can start making a profit is to put the other services out of business so that they're their survivor. Well, because I, right now, I, th- I think what you have is it's too much diluted right now. Because nobody's going to pay $100 a month to YouTube, plus Amazon, plus Disney, plus these others. And oh. the range for these is $10 to about $80 a month.
0: Yeah. And I think um, the younger generation ignores all of them and just watches TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you argue they're all kind of dying industries, sort of in the death, struggling to squeeze the last drop of, out of something that's almost empty. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. We'll see. Yep, we'll see how this goes. One thing that's certainly come true in the last decade or so is that the real innovation is on television, not in movies. I, I hadn't watched at TV in like twenty years, and then I read articles that said that's where the real actors are going, that's where the real good stuff is. Movies is not where it is anymore, and that seems to be true. But I'm only watching things that are completely finished, like ten years old, on Amazon Prime, where I can see the whole thing.
1: Yeah. So when's Watch the last time correct. you? When's the last time you went to a movie theater?
0: Oh, I went to a movie maybe a month ago. I saw the I saw Monty Python in the Holy Grail. Uh,
1: okay, so that was a rerun.
0: And I, I know, and I might have. <laughs> I didn't bother to see Oppenheimer or Barbie. They say they were good, but they're apparently very good, but they're not good enough to make me go to a movie.
1: Yeah, I went to see Oppenheimer, and I saw it. At, I I think it is seventy millimeter yeah. theater. And then I went to what what do they call it? The, um, what what do they call the super
0: yeah uh, everything's sort of that way these days yeah 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 so
1: i went to another theater where it was dolby surround sound it was one of the best theaters you could go to i thought it was terrible i'd oh. rather watch it at home on an
0: ipad yeah well i mean the movie that, the- that was my experience well, i know i mean i used to go to movies a lot but the real benefit was the bike ride to the movie theater the movie was just a <laughs> place to take a break um yeah So, you know, yeah, I think our home entertainment systems have gotten so good. And I think COVID made this all a giant leap forward. People said, you know, going and sitting in a movie theater with a thousand people coughing around me is just not a good habit. I should just watch it at home.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I think that's it for this one. I have another one on Tuesday. All right. We'll see you again on Tuesday. All right. find the stop button. I'm unable to find the stop button. All right. One more try. There it is.